everybody, this is John with Uvalde Report, the one website and news service that provides fact, not fiction, on issues impacting America, whether internationally or domestically. And this is coming from veterans, Marine combat, two Marine combat veterans and one um, Marine that retired on medical, medically retired. But this is all veterans yes. discussing issues that impact Americans. Now, just so you let you know, we're going to be talking about inflation, the economy, and oil. But when we talk about these issues, especially when we talk about inflation, this isn't done in a vacuum. This isn't something like, I'm saying this, but I'm making all this money. I'm struggling just like everybody else. I had to work at a fast food restaurant after my business created. I'm trying to get it back again. So I'm directly impacted by higher inflation, higher food prices, higher rent higher gas prices. So I just want to preface that, that this is hurting everybody, including myself. So, so John, actually, I got a little bit of a story that happened to me today. All right, go big, Joe. Oh, before we get going, yeah, go ahead. I'd like to introduce my other co-host, Joe, Bit Joe Bitts, who's a combat Marine from Iraq, and Ray Krause, who's a Marine medically retired from having, was it pneumonia? Yes. Pneumonia, but he's still a Marine nonetheless. So this is all coming from three enlisted Marines. So what was your question, Joe? Okay, well, it's not really a question, but so, yeah, today, actually a couple days ago, my dishwasher decided to crap out on me, and we decided to take it over. The repairman comes over, he looks at it, nothing I can do for you. And I was like, okay, well, guess what? I guess it's time to buy a new dishwasher. I should have listened to my wife when she first mentioned that, but I was like, you know what, I'm just trying to save this thing because I don't want to spend any more money than I have to. So took it over to, and we went to Lowe's. Now Lowe's and Home Depot, they both offer a 10% military discount. Okay. So I went up there and I go, okay, well I'm ready to buy a dishwasher. And the guy's like, you never ready to buy a dishwasher if you're here. You're not planning on getting a dishwasher, you're getting a dishwasher. And I was like, okay, well this is the one. It kind of fell in our price range. So I was like, okay, cool, good. I'm military, I get a discount. And he's like, no you don't. What do you mean? Well, on appliances, they've changed their policy where you don't get a 10% discount on certain appliances, dishwasher being one of them because, well, one, you don't pay tax on it, taxes on it in the state of Florida, you don't pay taxes on it to begin with. But also by giving, offering a military discount, it's cutting into their margins so much. Now, it's cutting into their margins so much because of what's going on, that they have had to adjust where they no longer offer military discount on certain appliances. Are you items. talking about because inflation has gone up? Yes, and it's cutting, and because getting a 10% discount, so I look at maybe, say I pay $700, $800 for a new dishwasher, that's $80 off, that's cutting into their profit to a point where they're just like, we're not going to do that anymore because it's cutting you, holy because it's cutting you it off, it's cutting into our profits. So that's how inflation is affecting, well, me, even though I'm able to afford a dishwasher, still the well, military discount is not being applied anymore. Okay, but what you just said, so you're able to afford it. How many people out there aren't able to afford it? Now, the CPI came out today, the Consumer Price Index, and the many, ex, many economists were expecting it was going to be bad, 8.8. came out at 9.1. Yeah. So it was the worst inflation levels in over 40 years. But is it Carter inflation? 
we're getting into that level. What is Carter inflation? I have a theory on this somewhere. Inflation got up under Jimmy Carter. The highest I think it got was you know, 13, 14%. Okay, no, I want to note this. I want to put this on the record here on New Baldy Reports that when it does get up to that 13 area and it surpasses that, that Jimmy Carter will officially pass away in peace knowing that he is not the worst president. Well, I think even, no but I even think before then. Right now, President, I mean, president Biden has the worst approval rating of any first-term president, at least in the modern era. Well, not according to him, though, right? Well, he took something when he was asked by a reporter yeah. saying, majority of two-thirds of all, 64% like of all Democrats don't want me to run. And what he said is, no, they don't. 92% would vote for me. What he was taking is if the challenger was Donald Trump, then 92% would vote for Joe Biden. <clears throat> But if it was anybody else, that wouldn't be the factor. But I think now he has the worst, he has even a worse approval rating than Donald Trump did at this time. Because, but you gotta remember, at that time, Donald Trump was going through the, the Russian conspiracy, mm -hmm. had all these issues affecting it into that midterm. So why aren't they seeing maybe that Trump is not gonna be the contender in 2024? Why aren't they seeing that? Because you and I, and maybe even Ray, are seeing somebody different. And the media, if they were smart, should be focusing on this person, but they're not. They're actually still, they're like, oh yeah, Donald Trump, he's going to be the person that's going to be running in 2024. And I don't think that's the case. I think that Ron DeSantis is just going to come out of nowhere and be like, yeah, guess what? I'm running for president. And he is going to win a lot, especially going up to Biden when Biden's like, oh yeah, I'm going to run anyway. I don't care. The thing, I, the thing is, I think what right now is the Democrats, that's why they're pushing the January 6th hearings. They want to keep it going. Yeah. Because it's, they want to use the boogeyman of Donald Trump. To, they think it galvanizes their base. The problem is, you, both sides do it. They want to galvanize their base on the Republican side. The Democrats want to galvanize their base on, the, obviously, the Democratic side. The problem is, you can't win an election with your base only. You, the independents, the way the independents go... For 2020, they broke for the Democrats. In 2016, they broke for the Republicans. But this time, the issues that most Americans are concerned about is the economy, inflation, gas prices. And now you're seeing crime as being an issue. What happened in New York City, where a bodega, I think it's pronounced that way, bodega yes. yep. worker was physically assaulted and he was defending himself. And he unfortunately he stabbed somebody and killed them after he was trying not to, he didn't want any trouble, but yet he's charged and the original bail was $500,000 and he was sent to Rikers Island until he was, they, the, a judge said, hey, wait guys, you guys can't do that. So they reduced it down I think to 5,000 so he was bonded out, but he still potentially could face charges. The girlfriend who started it all because her EBT card failed, she mm -hmm. gets her boyfriend and she was said, I didn't do anything, I didn't assault him, but the video shows she was stabbing this guy, and yeah. he's not, I mean, excuse me, she's not being charged. The person who was killed was 11, to, was, a, was a, had numerous felony convictions, and the latest one was for assaulting a police officer. So I think people see these things, and it's just, they're getting angry. All right, yeah. so I want to break a little bit, because Ray, he reads off our TikTok, so what do you got to say, Ray? So Chunky Maddie. uh... He came, he chimed in and said, Biden is a puppet at this point. He's not capable of running anything. 
That's a point that some people are seeing because mm -hmm. you're seeing, they think it's either Susan Susan Rice, the domestic policy advisor, you're seeing Ron Klein, the chief of staff. There are many people believe Biden is not in charge. And the greatest example was last week when he read, when he was dealing with the abortion issue, doing an executive action. Yeah. One of the comments was, read quote again, and he read quote again. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of getting to that point. You kind of wonder, now you have aides are really hand-holding him. Like an example, he's flying to Saudi Arabia, but he was already in Europe. He could have just went to Saudi Arabia from there. But they brought him back so they could rest him up okay. before they went over. So there is speculation that others are running the show beyond just Joe Biden. Go on, Ray. So I want to I wanna keep reading up on here. I'm going to get to you, Willowbrook, Wanda, in a second. But Chucky, Maddie said, we need a real leader. The action is already in triggers laws, though. They take they taking credit for what's already there. On, it depends what law they're talking about, but they are seem to take credit for things that happened before they got there. Like an example, President Biden claims that the, he had the best economy, and even his press postman said that he had the best economy ever. It's not really accurate. Yeah, unemployment has come down. Yeah, all these jobs have come back, but these were jobs that were already lost. We're still about a million jobs short of where we are before February um, 2020. And then if you look at the latest job report that came out last Friday from the Commerce Department, or the, excuse me, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, it still showed that labor participation rate is flatlined. Uh -huh. It's been the same for months. So we're not gaining any new jobs. These are jobs that are just coming back. So you're basically still a million dollars. You're in the negative right now. You're not above where we were February 2020. Okay, so I want to get, I do, Chucky, Maddie, I do see that you're coming in on some posts. I do want to go back to this really quick. Willowbrook Wanda stated that New York is all about the criminals. And I do want to touch about that because hopefully, just like you just said, hopefully the uh, Bruin versus New York, hopefully we can get some sort of resolve where, as we see time and time again, we see the prosecutors being lenient on murderers and violent offenders and law-abiding citizens who want to protect themselves from such individuals. Hopefully, they, things kind of turn from just always making sure the criminals are in a safe haven up there. No, you make a good point, and that's where, um, I think the DA's name is, I can't think of his first name, is Bragg. And that's why he's all about bail, no cash bail, but then all of a sudden he gave $500,000 to this individual, clearly, said he didn't want any trouble, and he was pushed. And this guy was, I think, 62. This other guy was half his age, and he de clearly defended himself. His girlfriend was involved. She didn't, she didn't get charged. This guy was a repeat felon, and unfortunately he was killed, and he said, I apologize, I'm sorry, but and I don't understand why you're rewarding the criminal, but you punished the victim. Right. And that's not lost on the people of New York City. 
So before we get into Beach Baby, can you talk about what Chunky Maddie said on the last one? So I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to follow up. Um, the last one I was on was they taking credit for what's already there. The next one is the abortion order he signed is already in the laws and states banning abortion. You talking the abortion bill that President Biden signed? But I'm gonna guess. Uh, I'm gonna assume so. Yes. This is where the Democrats can probably overreach. Is what the Supreme Court said is abortion is not a right in the Constitution. It's not a right in the Constitution, and it's not a right in any state constitution. Now, if the Democrats wanted to codify that, they had 50 years to do that. Now, they can say that the Republicans wouldn't go along with it. Well, there are periods from the time they passed abortion in 1973, they had a supermajority. From 1973 to 1981, the Democrats controlled both the House and the Senate. They had the Senate for, Republicans had the Senate for about six years. They lost it in 86. Then when Bill Clinton came along, they had the, the House and the Senate and the executive by wide margins. When Barack Obama took office in 2009, they had a supermajority in the, in the Senate, I mean, excuse me, a supermajority in the House and a veto-proof majority in the Senate. They could have easily said, abortion's now the law of the land, and put it and made it so, but they didn't do that. All the Supreme Court said is abortions illegal at the national level, but you, the states, make a determination at what level of abortion do you support or what level of abortion don't you support. As examples, do you believe in late-term abortion? Do you believe in abortion up, upon demand? Do you believe in abortion up until the time of birth? Do you believe that a 16-year-old girl who gets pregnant can get an abortion without parental consent. These are issues that never were flushed out. All the states are saying, I mean, the court said is, you flush it out. Don't make us legislators. That's not our job. That's Congress's job or the state legislature. Where that's what democracy is under the Constitution. So why don't you go into Beach Baby? So I'm going to go Beach Baby. The first question, wouldn't that make bail reform a point in the next election? And that's referring back to the criminals up in and such. Well, Mayor Adams went to Albany to discuss this with the Governor Hochul, who was the Democratic governor who took over from Mario Cuomo, I mean, Andrew Cuomo, who was, had to step down because of his allegations of the things that he did. And she was refused to do bail reform. And what they did is no cash bail. They figured this was better to be more equitable because of the systemic racism in our American culture. But what it did, it had a negative impact. Crime skyrocketed because you're not charging people for low-level crime, they're gonna to lead to a bigger crime. And the criminals feel they can get away with everything. And we're seeing this, in this case, with this, was it, not barista? That was, that one convenient worker, I can't think of that. Oh. oh. What the heck is that term called? Well, anyway. The one guy that was charged for killing that individual that assaulted him, and he didn't want any trouble, and he gets killed, and this guy had, was a repeat offender. So it's going to come down to the voters. The voters are going to have to make a decision. Do you want cr law and order? We're seeing crime, and we're a 14-year-old. Well, a 14-year-old gets stabbed and killed. Look what happened in Philadelphia. Larry Krasner, the DA in that city, you had with seven young children, young teenagers, took traffic cones and killed a 73-year-old man. And then when I found out later, two of them turned themselves in. One was 10 and one was 14. What was a 10-year-old and 14-year-old doing out at 2 o'clock in the morning? Oh, well, also when they were getting arrested, there were a 2- and 3-year-old 
beating up or hitting the cops as they were arresting their as they were arresting the kids at that point. So uh, Beach Baby had some more to add on to after when she was talking about Biden. What was she saying? So can you explain how Biden's executive order can be binding with the judicial branch overturning Roe? Well, that's something the courts are going to have to decide because the president can make executive orders, but he's limited in the domestic side. Most of the executive orders that give him wide latitude is foreign policy and defense. The Constitution is clear on that. In this case, this will probably have to go to the Supreme Court if it gets to that again. And the courts have said it's not our job and it's not the executive branch to make these laws. You can't make a law. You can't do that. Right. And a lot of these, and this executive order, it depends what, how long it takes to get to the courts, will go away with the next president. Let's say it happens to be Republican. You can just say, we're not doing it. And, but see, what the Supreme Court said is, Congress, do your job. It's just like with immigration. Some conservatives were against that the Supreme Court ruled that the remain in Mexico, as you wait your asylum claim, was illegal, unconstitutional. And what the court said is that's not the executive branch's job to make laws and change laws. Congress, do your job on immigration. Congress, do your job if this is what you want to do on the abortion or anything, or even what the EPA did. The EPA overstepped its mandate because Congress never gave them the mandate to make it and make and change the law. Basically, the executive agencies, they just enforce the laws that were written by Congress, and that's what our Constitution is about, not unelected bureaucrats making decisions how things are going to react. So going back to kind of finishing up her question, she's, Beach Baby said, uh, does that go against the checks and balances of the government branches? It does, and that's what the Supreme Court ruled on abortion. Everybody got so caught up on the abortion issue. What it said is everybody stay in your lane. We stay in our lane. We just review whether it's constitutional or not. The executive branch, you just enforce the laws that Congress passed and you sign, and Congress, you debate these things openly and decide these things. That's your job, not pawn it off to an executive or an imperial president. So kind of, before we get off this abortion talk, because this was kind of something we kind of fell into, but to get out of it, how many states in the United States have made abortion illegal? I would have to go back. I'm not sure that. I mean, I'm not well, sure that Texas, they, Mississippi. Well, Mississippi. All they said is abortion after 15 weeks. Okay. Is and most like Florida, which we're in, can't get an abortion after 15 weeks. Now, if you look at Europe, Europe has more restrictive abortions than we do. Now, some states have trigger laws. I think Texas was one. I think. And there's others. So, and Oklahoma may be one. So I think I'm not, Minnesota was yeah, one. I'm not sure what, the, but. It still goes back to or maybe let, the, let the states make the decision. Not every state is going to remain Republican. Not every state is going to remain Democrat. Let the voters make that decision like the Constitution was set up for. So, let's see, Chunky Maddie had a good question, especially maybe kind of ramp us into a different topic, but do you think the Dems will explain a court to push their, to push their laws? They're always trying to. This is why this election is important, because... Right now it's 50-50. And so far, Kristen Sinema, the Democratic Senator from Arizona, and Joe Manchin, the Democratic Senator from West Virginia, was against it. Because they look at down the road. Because once you cross that threshold, who's to say that when Republicans take the Senate and the executive, 
they'll do the same thing, expand its core. Well, the whole thing is they got to get rid of the filibuster. And the thing is, like, if anything, if the nuclear option has taught us anything, is that yeah. sure, sure, go ahead, try to get rid of it. And then when the, the Republicans, after the dismal display that the Democrats are currently doing right now, and there's not a Democrat leading or a, a, not a Democratic majority Congress or Senate for a while, the Cong or Congress is just going to railroad every single law that they feel necessary in there. And it's going to be maybe more detrimental if they just left it alone. It's interesting. And Joe Manchin, his response was it's, he didn't want this done by partisan politics. And then if you look at um, one of the things, like Elizabeth Warren, she wants to end the filibuster because the court didn't rule her way. And even <laughs> I know I mentioned, like Jonathan Turley, another constitutional scholar said, that's democracy. Yeah. There are rules, like I thought when the Supreme Court ruled elements of Obamacare was constitutional, I thought that wasn't, I didn't agree with that, but yeah. I'm not going to say, let's pack the court. <clears throat> things go my way, things don't go my way. When you it's almost like you're crying like a baby. I didn't get my way because they didn't go my way. We yeah. got to pack the court. And the filibuster, and it's kind of ironic, Joe Biden was one of them, and so was even Barack Obama said, we got to keep the filibuster to protect minority rights. Then now when he, they're in the majority, they don't like the filibuster because they look at it as a, a term of Jim Crow. And it's just, to me, it's very disingenuous when you throw race into it. Yeah. When before you're on record saying we need to keep the filibuster. So I kind of want to branch off a little bit off topic, but kind of go back into maybe what we talked about earlier. But so I kind of had like a little bit of a proud dad moment. And I was I keep on looking at TikToks and they hit these people up, college kids. People were going to college and he hit them up with questions. Who was this person or what's this person? And one of the questions was, who was the first president of the United States? And a lot of people going to college didn't know. And I'm like, well, you know what? I have a daughter. She's under the, she's under the age of like six. I want to ask her a question. And I totally thought maybe she wouldn't know. Maybe she was more concerned with her LOL dolls or whatever is on like okay. the two kids at the time. And I look at her and I go, hey, who is the president of the United States? And I totally dismissed the whole, before I even asked that question, I dismissed it as she's not going to know. And she goes, George Washington. You know how proud of a dad I was? <laughs> and to the point where now that I showed her how proud I was of her knowing that, is that every time, hey dad, you wanna ask me a question? What question do you wanna ask me? Do you wanna ask me who the first president of the United States was? And I'm just like, absolutely. And even to the point where like, even if, I'm like, hey, who is the current president of the United States? Even if she says, Joe Biden, as much as I, not really favor this president, I would be so proud that she knew that answer. Well, but see, a lot of the problems, and I had talked to a friend of mine who was a retired history teacher, just retired this past school year, and I know your daughter is a history major at college. Yes. The problem is, and I, I used to talk all, every week about this, is history is not a subject that you'd be tested on. I worked at Chick-fil-A, and we had a lot of people that were immigrants working at Chick-fil-A, and they would some of them were studying for their citizenship test, and yep. I would help them study for their citizenship test. Okay. I bet you, you give that citizenship test to the majority, most Americans, they'd fail. Okay. Most Americans don't know their own history. We've seen it now, where they rail against our founders. They don't know true American history. Now, remember when the, uh, we all probably remember this, the pandemic happened, 
Well, a friend of mine is a single mother. She was going to nursing school. So she goes, John, can you help me get some food so at least have it because there's going to be this shutdown. I, it didn't click yeah. in my mind. And I said, okay. So I go down to the local grocery store and I'm like, why is there so many cars here at two in the afternoon? So I go in there and everybody's ripping things off the shelf and it still didn't click. So the president's going to call Marshall until I went over to, what do you call it, Walgreens to get her some medication. And one of the clerks was telling me, one of the customers came in and said, the president is going to say, we're going to, he's going to put troops into the streets. And I go, time out. Let me explain how this all works. Yeah. So I had to explain how a president would bring in forces. I said, if the city can't handle it, they go to the state can't handle it, they call the national to the president. Yeah. He brings all the federal resources in. When it comes to the federalization of troops, it changed a, little, a lot after Hurricane Katrina because federal troops can't go into certain areas. Now, we've done it in our past with civil rights in the 50s and 60s, and I think the last time they used federal troops to this magnitude was 1992 during the, the LA riots. But the point is, if you use federal troops, because I don't, when we were in the Marines, I don't report to a governor. It's all who has authority. But when they give them a lane now to use, they, be, they work with the state, but they just report to the president. So the president doesn't have this ultimate power to just ram things through. That's what the Constitution is for. That's why during the pandemic, the governors had more power to do certain things than a president does. And it's just funny because most Americans don't understand how their government works, like the Supreme Court ruling the way it did on abortion. What does the Constitution, how many people even know what the Federalist Papers are? We've had Maisie Hirono made a, a strange comment about, she's a Democratic senator from Hawaii, made a strange comment about the Constitution. Not like, you're kidding me, right? You don't know this stuff? But was that done by design so that the people who are in power now can get away with whatever they want? Yeah, I think. But the other part of all this is today, unlike back in the past, and Joe Biden is a product of this, Joe Biden is the first president in U.S. history who spent more than 15 years in one particular office, the U.S. Senate. He had 36 years in the Senate. The founders and the previous presidents up until in our recent time have spent time outside of public office. So they had more of a diverse background. This is, I think, when we talked about early on about the economy. Joe Biden has never done anything except be a senator and vice president in his life. Yeah, he knows how to spend money, not save But money. see, even when you're a senator, you give speeches, you help pass bills, you study things, but you never implement that. That's somebody else to do. And a lot of his administration has never done anything outside of government. So that's why you take Pete Buttigieg, the Secretary of Transportation. He's more worried about equity and diversity, but what about the supply chain problems? What about, what do you call it, the baby food former, all these issues are in his realm. Secretary of Labor. Then you have the Secretary of Energy didn't even know how many barrels of oil American uses every day. Yeah. So you have people that are in positions. Look at Javier Becerra, the Director of Health and Human Services for baby formula. The FDA falls under his department. Yeah. But yet he, we're, why do we have a baby food show? Did you know about this? Did you ask questions that you shut down a plant that produces over 40% of all baby formula? What would, 
but nobody's held these people accountable because they've never done anything outside government. And they probably won't because once the new administration kind of kicks in or takes over, they're just going to maybe just scatter and they're just like, maybe they're just like a lost leader, a lost cause. Well, there was an article in the Washington Examiner that talked about that. Once they leave office, these staffers, these unelected bureaucrats, they go back into Washington working for a policy center, a law firm, a communications thing. And then when the say a Democrat gets back in, they move back in. Yeah. So it's interesting. They're all about, I want to see Trump's tax returns. I would love to see the tax returns of all these individuals. How did you make all this money when a salary for a current senator is about close to $200,000? How are all these senators millionaires? So kind of round it up a little bit is that our president is currently going over to Saudi to kind of, I guess, barter or ask for some asked for them to increase oil production and as well as he released was it a million or nine million barrels it's to, gonna be it's gonna be 50 million barrels okay from to, a six million it's from a six to a china company not it's 50 million barrels i think total okay over a six month period he released i think five million barrels to or i think it was around the one i think so much i think it's like a million or plus went to China. Okay. And it went to an energy company that Hunter Biden was part of. Now, why is there enough, there's nothing to see here, folks, kind of situation? That's a good question because flip the switch. Had that been Donald Trump sent oil that was in the Strategic Petroleum Reserve to China, that would have been all over the, everybody would have been howling to the highest yard arm. But what President Biden is doing, he's going to Saudi Arabia, he already said that that was a pariah state. Now, I talked to a, a gentleman that's in the Army. He's in Special Forces, and he's in command, one of the major commands down here in Tampa. And we talked about this, and I go, okay, I understand Saudi Arabia did to Khashoggi was that reporter that was killed in Turkey. There was other ways to do this. The world doesn't act the way we want them to act. Yeah. We could have done things differently, but the way Biden did it, he's alienated them. Now he's begging them. And then he's going to make a mistake saying we're not going to show. One of the things he came up, and I was talking with somebody at work about this, his doctor says don't shake anybody's hands because of COVID. But he's shaking everybody else's hands before <laughs> he gets to Saudi Arabia. But in the Arab world, that's an extreme insult to not to shake the hands of everybody you meet there. Yeah. But the case in point is you're asking Saudi Arabia to increase oil production. And President Macron of France said Saudi Arabia can't. They're at 95, almost 96% capacity. Yeah. So why are you asking Saudi Arabia to increase oil production, but you refuse to do it here? Yep. And then you ship this oil to China. And then about two weeks ago, you met with the, uh, the wind producers, wind farm producers, but you refused to meet with the energy producers, and you had your Secretary of Energy meet with them. Yeah. So... And you just can't have it both ways. Why not create jobs here? And yeah. we can release this energy. And it's kind of ironic. I know everybody wants to beat up on the guy. This is what exactly Donald Trump said. He goes, at some point, Russia's going to hold you hostage. What they're doing now. Now, we've cut back a lot of energy from Russia. But Europe had a transition over to coal. What's going to happen when winter shows up? Are they going to say, we can't do that? We need heat. They're going to need natural gas from Russia. We, and Trump said, we can set up all that. We can give you all the natural gas you want. We have a couple hundred years of this stuff. 
but we're so tied to this green movement. Look what happened in Sri Lanka. One of the reasons that government collapsed because they went all green and it impacted the working class. Same riots are happening all over Europe, Netherlands and Denmark, all because they're pushing this woke green agenda before the technology is ready and the working class aren't taking it anymore. So one thing I'm glad about is that I live in Florida. <laughs> but the point that you brought up is this energy company in China. Why isn't there more investigation of Hunter Biden's business dealings in China? Because right now, remember during the campaign, President Biden said that I'm going to hold China accountable. He hasn't done it. The Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, hasn't held one hearing or the Senate under Chuck Schumer on the origins of the coronavirus. Why? Yeah. So uh, before we sign off, I do have a, like a, a something I like to call a John moment, but there was also a Joe moment at the, a Joe moment at the same time. Was that after many years and many memes that I've seen on, I've like I call up John. I go, hey John, I know how to make a meme finally. And John comes back with me. He goes, I finally know what a meme means. <laughs> so God, you guys are old. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> All right. So John, how can they go ahead and get a hold of you? They can get a hold of us by going to Ubaldi, um, John at Ubaldi. Oh, hold it. Ubaldi reports at gmail.com. That's Ubaldi reports at gmail.com. Awesome. Or you can go to all our social media platforms as Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Truth. And Truth and Parlor and Getter. Yeah. So you can go on all these places, check us out. Oh, see, Rumble. And Rumble. We're on Rumble. We're just trying to, I'm trying to learn all these social media platforms. You got to write them down for you. Yeah, pretty much. But I mean, Keep following you, Baldy Reports. We do appreciate all the questions that come in. I hope we can we try to answer them all. And my, our goal is to do this on a full-time basis, which means we do this every day, and then we'll post a bit the, the link that day. So yep. we can, especially as we gear up for the midterm, we just want to keep everybody informed. You may not agree with everything I said or we said. That's not the point. The point is you make a decision. How you how you want to go and go from that way. That's all we do. Okay. And we don't insult anybody on this platform. So keep listening to Uvalde reports. I want to correct that. You don't say anything insulting on this platform. Not, not it doesn't fall for Ray and I. Okay, remember. okay. These two. We joke around in the background. Ray, yeah. <laughs> Ray, how can they get a hold of you? Give them some of your services as well. So you can get a hold of me at raymond.aags at gmail.com. We could talk anything Second Amendment related. I went to Colorado School of Trades gunsmithing school. So I am a certified gunsmith so we can talk about customizing your firearms we can talk about gun control yeah, whatever you want to bring up so that's right. how you get a hold of me and so ray and i we do a podcast off this it's called all american gunslingers it's where we kind of talk a little bit more other stuff other than politics we do go on a political rant every once a month we are limited to that you might want to catch one of those but normally we talk about guns whiskey cigars guy stuff if you're interested, and you can get a hold of that on All American Gunslingers on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Truth, on Getter. And then we have a live stream that is an hour before this live stream at 6.30 on Wednesday. And you can catch that on Twitch. You can catch that on Facebook. You can catch that on Twitter. You can catch that on YouTube. A lot of stuff like that. So We're getting we, it up. Yeah, we like to catch you over here and then sometimes we can get John over there and he can kind of go a little off the cuff when it comes to politics. There you go. <laughs> and we will talk to you guys soon. Alright, keep following you all the reports. Bye.